This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and today is finally Election Day. It's November 3rd, the final chance for you to cast your vote in the 2020 general election. Georgia officials expect as many as 2 million people to cast their ballots in person today, adding on to the whopping 3.9 million that submitted an absentee-by-mail ballot or showed up during the three-week early voting period. Polls open at 7 a.m., and some may stay open into the evening because of long lines or technical problems throughout the day, and that's not necessarily a sign of things going wrong. Joining me today to help you know what to expect on Election Day and Election Night is Atlanta Journal-Constitution reporter Mark Nisi. Mark and I have been covering voting in Georgia for several years, chronicling the twists and turns of court cases, the rollout of this new $100 million-plus voting system, the effects of the coronavirus on elections, and now, here we are on Election Day, a long time coming. With so much up in the air about who might win Georgia, a battleground state, Nisi says there is one definite takeaway from early voting. I think it means just that if we have a high number of early voters, we'll also have a high number of Election Day voters. There's always the hope from election officials that some of those Election Day voters are voting early instead and the workload will be easier on Election Day, but I have no expectation that's what's happening. I think people are excited all around, whether it's early voting, absentee voting, or Election Day voting. And now they're saying there might be 2 million voters on Tuesday, which would be pretty much in line with what we saw in the 2016 and 2018 elections, a little bit less in 2018 because turnout was down a little bit um, compared to the presidential year. But we saw 2.2 million in-person voters on election day 20 in 2016. I think 2 million is a totally reasonable expectation for what we'll see on Tuesday. The Secretary of State's office is telling people who have waited to vote until Election Day to expect long lines and not suspect foul play. The reason it's not a bad thing is long lines means lots of people are participating. That means people are excited and there's high turnout, which is what we want for a healthy democracy. We want people to participate. But then also long lines in themselves are not bad if the lines move quickly. You know, it really is how long it takes you to vote that you should measure whether it's a problem or not. If people can get in and out of the polls within a half hour, That's excellent. If it's less than an hour, I think generally election officials would say not as good, but okay. If it's over an hour, that's bad. And so we don't want people to have to spend an excessive amount of time waiting in line to vote. And it's really as long as you keep people moving and process them quickly and don't burden them too much, voters will be okay. In addition, this year, because of coronavirus, we have social distancing. That makes the lines longer because people are spread farther apart. So that doesn't mean that necessarily the lines have more people, but it does mean the lines are longer because people rightfully should protect themselves. In the June 9th primary, some Metro Atlanta voters, especially Black voters, waited in line way longer than other voters did through a combination of poll worker problems with voting equipment and overcrowded voting locations. That shouldn't be a repeat on a large scale this election day. K-12 
counties have trained thousands of new poll workers. Existing poll workers have more experience, and in Fulton County alone, more than 90 new polling places were added to alleviate burdens of large precincts. Early voting data also shows it should make for an easier voting experience. For example, I waited three hours to vote in person for the primary because my polling place had more people show up on June 9th than voted early. For this election, there's about half as many people assigned to vote at my polling place, and 65% of those people, myself included, voted before election day. This election will look different than the last presidential race, too, because the old direct recording electronic voting machines we used from 2002 until the end of 2019 have been replaced with touchscreen ballot marking devices. Our previous voting system was just touchscreens and your vote was stored inside the computer machinery of that touchscreen. This year we have the added component of a printer that prints out a paper ballot from the touchscreen and then another added component of a scanner where you can look at your printed out ballot and then insert it into the scanner before it is counted. So those are extra equipment, extra steps that voters must take, and every step that you take could add to the time it takes to vote. You have to move through check-in, you have to move through making your choices on a touchscreen, you have to pick up your paper ballot, you have to review it, and then you have to put it in the scanner. So it is inherently a process that has more steps than our old voting system, which has the potential to create a little bit more time it takes to vote. But the trade-off there is we do get a paper backup record that can, voters can see and that election officials can use if they need to for audits or potentially for recounts. So things are going to take a little bit longer when you vote on election day. There are some things you can do as a voter to minimize your potential wait, though, like don't line up an hour before the polls open or go right before the polls close when there are the longest lines. Also, there will be problems at polling places on election day because elections are run by humans and technology is never perfect. There are a few things you can do there to flag those problems and make sure they get addressed quickly. But a good sign that something is wrong is if the line isn't moving at all. If, as you mentioned, there are technical problems or poll workers forget the key to open up the polling place, or if something goes wrong, you know, when something is, goes wrong, there are, supposed, there are backup systems and voters should be able to keep moving. And if those backup systems aren't in place, that's not ideal. You know, that's what the poll worker training is supposed to accomplish is trying to get people to keep moving through the lines. So what should voters do? Um, they have a few options. The main things, you know, on election day, you have to vote in your designated precinct polling place. Um, if you're there at a particularly busy time and there's no technical problems, um, you can come back later if you think there might be a slower time like late morning early afternoon for example you can also call um, there are a few hotlines where you can report issues one is the election protection hotline which is run by the lawyers committee for civil rights under law and that hotline gathers information provides advice and also will report issues to the authorities if it's a severe issue. And then 
you know, you can also reach out to me, reach out to you and tell us about your problems and we can report them. And, you know, it's interesting how you see when the moment something hits the news, problems seem to get fixed a little bit quicker. So I am happy when uh, our reporting can have an impact and call attention to issues. So feel free to contact me. My Email address is my first name, dot last name, M-A-R-K-N-I-E-S-S-E at AJC.com. We also have an AJC Google form you can fill out to report your problems. And we at GPB are part of ProPublica's Election Land program. So if you report problems to them, us, or the 866-R-VOTE hotline, it will get to us as well. So if you plan to vote today, here is what you should do. Check your polling place on the My Voter page at mvp.sos.ga.gov. Go during off-peak times like mid-morning or early afternoon, pack your patience, and take a deep breath. You can look at your sample ballot beforehand to know the candidates and constitutional amendments you'll have to vote on. And if there's a problem at your poll, contact your county elections office, the Secretary of State's office, and me and Mark. So when the polls close and results start trickling in, it's important to keep a few things in mind. One, the best source of results is from the Secretary of State's office website, which is where counties will upload their totals. Two, it will take some time to get Election Day results in. And just because polls close at 7 p.m., that doesn't mean results will show up immediately. That just means that after polls close at, at that point, county election officials can begin the process of counting votes. And even for early votes and absentee ballots that have already been opened and scanned, they still need to take those memory cards and they still need to insert them into the central county election computer servers. They still need to add them up then they need to go through a process to get those results off of that non-connected to the internet computer and transfer it to removable media. Usually it could be a flash drive, it could be a burned CD, and then put it into a computer that is connected to the internet to report those unofficial results up into the Secretary of State's website. So what that means is the first results from Metro Atlanta, you know, like Cobb County, they said it'll probably be 8 to 8, 15 when you first see Cobb County's results. And I think, you know, other counties will probably be, we'll get our first results in the eight o'clock to nine o'clock hour. There may be some counties or some precincts that are particularly quick and get in some numbers shortly before eight o'clock. But realistically, it does take, take time to deal with all these machinery, all these memory cards and and counting processes. A new rule change allowed counties to begin processing absentee ballots starting two weeks ago, and many larger counties have been working through those ballots nonstop. Nisi says the bulk of results should start coming in at 9 p.m., and that includes absentee votes, early in-person votes, and election day votes. A number of early votes will still need to be counted after election day, but most of them should be counted on election night. In close statewide races, that means the direction of the races won't be as clear as, say, a blowout state House and Senate race. Another tip from your friendly neighborhood election reporters, ignore where it says percent of precincts reported. 
We already know that there will be about 4 million early votes that have to be counted, plus however many show up to the polls on election day, so there will be some math that needs to be done as to how many ballots are left to be counted in each precinct, county, and race. A final thing to consider. Elections are never over on election day, not this year and not in prior years. Um, Every ballot is counted in every election. The difference this year is that there are more absentee ballots than there have ever been in Georgia before, and those take a little bit longer to count. So in Georgia, state law gives counties 10 days to certify their election results. So that brings us to November 13th. And then the Secretary of State will certify statewide results within seven days afterward by November 20th. So the election actually won't be over until November 20th when all the counties and the state have gone through all the results. They've done their first statewide audit of a single race. They've reported everything and reconciled the votes recorded with the number of voters and matched voter histories and figured out um, that every all the columns and rows add up to the same number and then verified that the election is accurate and finished. But just because the election isn't officially over until November 20th, we won't have to wait that long to have an idea of who won most races. And that's what media calls do. You know, usually the Associated Press is who most people rely on for calling races. And they and other media after 2016 in particular, I believe, are going to be very, very cautious. And even when it might seem clear to voters who has won, a race probably won't be called until media organizations are almost 100% certain that they're right because nobody wants to get things wrong and nobody wants to be the source of causing disinformation. You know, that's more important in this election than ever. And it's important to note that the unofficial results trickling in could swing dramatically back and forth between two candidates. Like, say, at 8 p.m., the first votes come in from rural Republican counties, and then at 9 o'clock, Democratic strongholds like DeKalb start reporting. And so, you know, ultimately, we have to be a little bit patient and make sure that we have a high number of votes counted before we draw any conclusions. In closing, we made it. It's election day in Georgia, and millions are headed to the polls. Things may be rocky in some polling places, and long lines may create headaches for voters. Throughout the day, avoid sharing things on social media that may seem too good to be true or may be super outrageous without checking with a trusted source. And remember that elections are never decided on election night. Every vote will be counted, and your local officials will be working well into the night to make sure our system is fair and accurate. I'm Stephen Fowler. This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show at gpb.org battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our intern is Eva Rothenberg. The show is mixed by Jesse Neiswanger. And the director of podcasting is Sean Powers. Thanks for listening.